Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is episode 146 of Fresh Hop Cinema, I think. Yep. Uh, good. Same page. Totes my goats. There's a podcast. We talk about craft beer and we talk about movies. Yup. Uh, if you're tuning in to listen to our review of Jojo Rabbit, we're not going to spoil it till the end of the show in a segment called The Danger Zone. I thought you were about to say you're in the wrong place. Yeah, no. Uh, you also may have seen Terminator Dark Fate. If you're here for that, uh, probably not going to spoil it at all. Are you planning on seeing it, by the way? Yeah, I watched the first five minutes of it and fell asleep. Of the new Terminator? Yeah. How did you do that? What do you mean? Do you go to the theater, fall asleep in five minutes? No, I was watching it in my bed. All right, that's why. Yeah. Um, so we're probably not going to spoil Terminator Dark Fate at all. You can't, and I won't. Nope. That's my flick pick this week. Uh, but I bet that, hmm, I, I'll make a, a wild prediction. Sure. And we'll see. And if, I won't say any, but I'd like to know. You'll you'll answer me with your eyes. Sure. Do you want me to? Yeah. All right. I do. Not right now. Oh, okay. Later when we're talking about <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to make a prediction now. Okay, no, great. No, before we get into our movies Deal. and our beers and our beards and our candles. Yeah. Where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Fresh Hop Cinema is both of our handles there. You can find us on our website, freshhopcinema.com, or if you're a saintly little angel, you can support our show monetarily at patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. You get extra beer reviews, extra movie reviews, invites to special events if you live near us. And nudes. And nudes from both of us, taken by both of us, boudoir style. Yes. Uh, you, you okay with this candle scent, by the way? I changed it from that one. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, seasonal. Is it? Is there some cinnamon in there? Yeah, I think it's like an apple cinnamon one like or something. It. I want to point out, just so I can have this on record, I reached across to pour you a taste of beer, and then the candle burned my arm and singed my hairs off. It smells like burning Yeti. Yeah, I think it's a good way to start the show. I think like a nice, just a, just a little crispy, singed sizzling. Hair. Yeah, like I'm committing, like, all right, I'm here for the show. I'm willing to, to burn for it, essentially. Have you ever seen those videos on the interwebs of the like barbers that cut people's hair with fire? Yeah. Yeah. You know how bad that place would smell? Terrible. Like barbershops don't smell great anyway. Yeah. It seems like a weird gimmick, too. Like, yeah. like the I, dude I just that, cut my hair normal, dude. With the swords? Have you yeah. seen that yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? Why? Like, I don't get it. I think it's just like a flex, you know? Like, it you can do this with fire. But it's not. There's no way it's as good as a normal haircut. Yeah. Right? Like, there's lots of ways you could cut someone's hair. Sure. Because it's, it's a guillotine. Yeah. Or like, you know, a straight razor. Yeah. But it's it's in effect. Like, we've, we've figured out the best way to cut hair. Mm-hmm. Or as far as we know so far. Scissors. Yeah, or clippers. Like, or clippers. Just, just, just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. No need to get creative. Right. No. Be creative with the tools. Sure. Come on. Uh, Beer-wise, let's jump in. Dive in, yeah? Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Why don't you talk about what we're doing? I think the candle- i got some work to do. <laughs> I think the candle has uh, finally gotten rid of the smell of burning fur. Thank God. So we are doing a beer from Moxa out of Sacramento, specifically Rockland. The first beer of today- is Pineapple Turbo Fuzz, because the name is friggin' awesome. I love it. It's a hazy IPA with pineapples, 6.9%, 16-ounce uh, can, really cool label. It's a very Moxa label. Very Moxa label, because it's from Moxa, and this is how they label their beers. Yeah, just like the very black matte sort of thing, minimalist uh, design, and mm-hmm. there's a pineapple. How much was it? Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Yeah, it's really pretty. It is, man. Um, so hazy beer, like you said, added with pineapple, you said six point. Nine uh, percent, mm-hmm, sixty-nine. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm excited to try it. I've only had we've done a couple moxes on the show. It's been I a think. long, it's long been time. a long time. I know you brought one or two back when they first had uh, 
I think it was their opening, like their first sort of beer, because they've only been open like a year or so. The year or two, year and yeah. Half, I think yeah. they're on their second year of their membership. I know a bunch of people that are members. So, yeah, this is the year that like I think they're going to be start putting out like barrel aged beers for their members because the first year, obviously, the beer was in barrels. Are you a member at Moxa? I am not. Okay. I know a bunch of people that are though. People, people really like it. Yeah, I like their beer, and I've had some of their their stouts, and they're really good. So, yeah, I would say pretty cool membership. Yeah, actually, um, there's a place here in, in Chico called uh, The Commons. I don't go there a lot, but I have noticed they've had some moxa beers on in the past. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only time I've tried their non-stout stuff. Okay. And it's been really good. Yeah, I've enjoyed all the non-stouts I've had. Um, we also got... Uh, just a West Coast IPA. I think we're going to review. Yeah, it's on bonus content. Bonus content. So if you want to get on Patreon and check that out, yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like we, these episodes are usually like an hour to an hour and a half, but our Patreon episodes tend to be like fifteen twenty minutes, and we'll either talk about nothing at all, which yep. turns into a lot of fun, or we'll do a beer review or a movie review, uh, which is also a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun all the way around, no matter what. Usually, it's just an excuse for us to drink a third beer. That's true. Yeah. Um, so you're taking you're tasting it for the first time. Uh, I'm I'm hoping. Uh, that it's the right balance of pineapple to hoppiness. I don't want it to be like just a pineapple juice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice. It's it's subtly sweet. It's got a little bit of like the not so much tang. It's a subtle tang. It's got like a little bit of that that pineapple vibe, but then it like immediately transitions into like bitterness from the yeah, hops. Yeah, this um, and maybe it's just geographical closeness that I'm thinking of. But this reminds me of like early days New Glory. Okay, like they did a lot of. New Glory or Fieldwork, but Fieldwork tends to be more of like a juicy, hazy beer, like really sweet stuff. And, and New Glory, I think, it tends to lean towards hoppy fruit stuff. Yeah. Um, this is super solid. It's really good. I'm into it. Yeah, and it does not drink like 6.9%. Yeah, what would you, if you had to guess? Like probably 5, 5, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. But yeah, almost 7%, and it doesn't doesn't leave you like hot. There's no heat on it. It's all just, it's nice and drinkable. This is really good. There's a, um, I'm going to smell it again. There's a specific smell um, that I'm getting that is not a pleasant one. Mm. Like I associate it with something unpleasant, but in the beer it smells nice. Okay. And I think it's like sweaty tennis shoes or something. Okay. One of the weirder comparisons I've ever smelled, but or I've ever made. Yeah. But do you, do you smell anything like that at all? Like, like a, um, like. There's is, a, maybe like, a little bit of mustiness. Is it musty or like dankness that is just coming across as like gym locker to me? A little maybe. Yeah, no, it's for sure. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Couldn't have been that beer or like yet. a tennis ball maybe before. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Because <laughs> to be for all that beer's shortcomings, it did not have the smell to it or taste. Had a Norwegian beer before we started. Mm-hmm. While we started, just now, just, I had to finish it. Just now, uh, yeah. I mean, it could just be from some of the hops, like some earthiness and some must. But I don't get that overwhelming. Really, because mine it's, smell the it's, same. It's aggressive to me. Yeah, no, it's the exact same. It smells like a tennis ball or something. It smells like tennis shoes if they were filled with balls, tennis like, balls. Like brand new tennis balls? Yeah. It's got like, I don't know what smell that is, but like almost like a chemical nylon sort of. You know, that new tennis ball that smell. new tennis ball smell. It's what you look for when you buy tennis balls. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> From a dude on Craigslist. Does it have this love smell new? Wait, let me smell those balls before I buy them, dude. Here's a quick life hack that I just learned. Smell it's, balls before yeah. you buy them? Well, you don't talk about tennis balls that often. They don't come up, in, but I did think of something. You get a new pair of jeans or a denim jacket, and you're like, this is a bit stiff, isn't it? You know this feeling? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you got like raw denim or like just denim, non-stretchy denim. Mm-hmm. What you want to do to soften it is throw it in to dry with some tennis balls. The 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 scratchiness of the tennis ball. You also don't want to be home for this. It's very loud. <laughs> yeah. But it wears down the, the, the denim. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a really good way to soften your soften your denim. Well, this has been new tennis ball talk and laundry tips. Yes. I like it. And I do stand by this. So I do think that this beer does smell a little bit like a tennis ball in a gym now bag. Is, is that a... Whoa. But the yeah. gym bag Because well, you need to sweat. There's a sweaty aspect to this beer. This beer doesn't smell sweaty. Maybe I'm just uh, like something glitched in my matrix and I, I'm associating sweat with a different smell. But there's a specific, I, I would know. say, sweaty, uh, almost, almost armpitty kind of stink to this beer. I think that's just the hop. It might be. Yeah. Uh, do we know what's in this? No. The description is Dang non-existent. It. Shoot. Um, I might try to scour the web because we've talked pretty recently about uh, how different hops add different characteristics to beers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, like when I when I hear Galaxy or Centennial, I, I tend to think Earthy. Yeah. Like Idaho 7. A lot mm-hmm. of dirt. A lot there. of dirt. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, maybe it is like a weird hop that they decided to pair with this pineapple adjunct beer. Yeah, like and Mosaic like hops will do that, too. Yeah, maybe. A lot of people get like green onions or cat piss yes. from Mosaic. Yep, sure. So I'm going to say it's just like the weird hoppiness. Mix, probably mixed with pineapple is yeah. going to make it smell a little weird. But the real hard-hitting questions that people want to know tonight is, is it good? I mean, that is the question of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Or at least this day. Yeah, sure. I, I do like it. I mean, I know the descriptors I'm using sound sort of bad, but it does. It, as weird as it sounds, these flavors work. Well, that's your fetish. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I I would, yeah, I'd have, I can have more of this. I took barely at all in the beginning. So yeah. I, th- I think it's pretty good. Um, I took barely at all. I took barely at all of the beer. <laughs> um, but it does, I mean, it does kind of strike me as more of the, uh, when you get down, when you eat a pineapple and you get kind of down to the rind. Yeah. More of that pineapple rather than like a sweet, fresh pineapple. Or if you just take a bite of just a pineapple. Just straight into the, yeah. into the husk. Yeah. What do you call it? Is I know, that right? rind. Into the, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The armorous flesh. It's like pineapple. you were saying in the beginning, it's not the sweetest um, fruited beer, you know? Yeah. When I, I got this, I figured it'd be like an IPA with dull pineapple juice mm-hmm. in it, maybe tasting somewhat like an orange Julius, especially oh. with the, you know, hazy connotation. A lot of those get very into that, like, fruit smoothie yep. realm. Mm-hmm. And this beer doesn't do that, which is good because um, I wouldn't have liked it as much. I like the approach. Yeah, took. I know you do. For sure. If you're looking for like a super sweet, like Orange Julius style. Are you, when you say Orange Julius, is there a treehouse called Orange Julius? Julius. Just Julius, yeah. right? Okay. So Orange Julius is like the, you know, the co- mall kiosk. Copyrights and sure. shit. You know? Oh, is that the idea? Yeah. It's supposed to be like an Orange Julius from the mall? Yeah. Like fruit smoothie. I guess I never put that together. Really? Yeah. It's okay. I thought maybe that was like a beer reference. I just didn't know. No. Julius. Yeah. It comes in an orange can. Or like Caesar maybe. That's true. It yeah. does. No, you're just pretty. That's Okay. Fair enough. I'll take. I will take that at all. <laughs> what? I don't know what's wrong with my words today. I'm picking the. I've been doing this for like three days. Like I'm just say, like I think you know what I was saying, but the words were just not correct. I will take that. At I all. will take that at all. <laughs> Times. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I'm just gonna start finishing your sentences and that making them. Just that'd be so great. It would. Yep. Okay. But but back to your initial question. What do we think of this beer? Yeah. Um. Do you have a number already? Because I'm gonna take one more drink before I kind of make up my mind. Yeah. All right. What do you got? It's a six point nine in honor of the ABV and also Kevin from the office. Uh, fair. Nice. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you actually, which hasn't happened in a while because I haven't done the decimal thing in a while. But are we gonna sixty nine together? I would love that. Yes. It's it's really it's really above average. It's it pretty is. good. Um, if you ask me about this beer in maybe two months, or we drink another moxa beer in four months, I'll probably say the same thing like. 
Yeah, we've done mugs on the show probably, mm-hmm. and I won't remember this beer necessarily. Yeah, it's good. It's not yeah. outstanding. No, it's it's very good. But it is. It's good. In Max's words, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit better than fine. Yeah, it's a uh, strong six point nine. It's a good fine sixty nine. Yeah, if it was around, you know. Do you need this at all? I don't. You have a pen? I oh, have great. a pen. Okay. I came basically from work. Yeah, fair. Played Call of Duty for 40 minutes and came over here. The new Call of Duty. The new one. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. 6.9. 6.9. Let's so move. it's well worth five bucks. Totally. That's the other thing. Like, I think it's a really strong argument for in for buying a beer, at least. Like, if this was a $10 can, I'd, I would rate it lower. Oh, yeah. This is not worth $10, but it's worth five. Yeah. I would say it's worth six. For sure. I buy this for six. Totally. But more than six, I'd be like, that's, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. no. I feel you. Okay. Again, that is Pineapple Turbo Fuzz from Moxa out of Rockland near Sacramento, if you don't know California. That's fair. Um, let's move into flick picks. Let's do it. Uh, I want to talk about a movie in theaters right now, which is not usually what we do for flick picks, but we will this week. Uh, and before I talk about that, I will say that last night I watched a film called Terminator 2. Judgment Day. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it came out in 1991. It's the sequel to the first Terminator, which came out in the 80s. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody knows the Terminator. If you don't, you need to, I don't know what you need to do, but something's wrong. Yeah, what are, what are you doing? Like, even if you haven't seen the Terminator movies, you know them. They made shirts with him as the Terminator on them when he was the governor. The governor. The governor. Right, you got like the, the I'll be back. That's yeah. every, nobody doesn't know this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move on. Yep. Um, anyways, there have been many, many Terminator movies made since the first one. Uh, I think six. And what is interesting about the new one in theaters called Dark Fate is that it essentially neglects uh, three, four, and five. James Cameron is who back. Directed the the second one, probably the first, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me. Came back to produce on the new one and was basically like, "We're going to ignore all of these other ones. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick up where I left off and make the movies that should have been made." Because what happened with the Terminator franchise is that it was huge. The first one was okay. It was really low budget, didn't do super well, but the second one blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, it made $520 million. Had the T2000, bro. Uh, T1000. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I meant? The, the liquid dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it made $520 million. And that's not even adjusted for for the, the difference in inflation. Yeah. That's, that's how much it made in 91. That's insane. It was made with a production budget of $102 million. So it did just really, really well. And then slowly but surely, as they kept making three, four, and five, just, just. Christian Bale was in one? I don't even know. I don't think I've seen any of them. Yeah, he was in Terminator Salvation. Salvation? What are this? Do you know the others? Do you know like any of them? No, there was one where there was a, a, a female Terminator and Arnold was like fighting her okay. in a graveyard and it was terrible. Right. Oh. Nobody liked them. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were laughably bad. Yeah. So I haven't seen them. I hadn't seen uh, Terminator 2 since I was maybe 12. Okay. So effectively, I have never seen it. So I rented it last night, watched it in preparation for seeing the new one today, knowing that they were just kind of nixing everything in the middle. Um, and Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is pretty good. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies, like, you think of Terminator, and I think sort of sci-fi action. Mm-hmm. But in the early days, 1 and 2 is almost horror-like. It's pretty close. There's a lot of, there's a lot of horror elements to this that I didn't really think were going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going into Dark Fate, which is what I'm getting at, this movie runs two hours long. It came out originally November 1st of 2019. It was directed by Tim Miller, but like I said, produced by James Cameron. Um, and it was made on $185 million. To advertise this movie, they also spent like 100, 100 or maybe $80 million, somewhere in there. So it cost about 265 to make. 
uh, Johnny, you're looking at the chart that I am uh, reading, and you're probably getting to the same point that I'm about to make. Yep. It's only made since, uh, as of like nine days in theaters, it's made about $200 million. Mm-hmm. So it's $65 million in the red. It's got some work to do. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna make it up. No. If you haven't seen Terminator Dark Fate in the next couple days or by now, you're probably not gonna see it. So what's interesting is this movie's suffering from like the the mediocrity of the franchise and trying to pick up the pieces and they're not being picked up. Mm. Which sucks because, and this is my opinion, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. What what T two does well is uh, give life to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator um, and sort of latch on to the levity and action of that movie. It's funny, but it's intense. And this movie, Dark Fate, does the same thing. It brings back some characters from that movie. It pretends none of the other stuff ever happened, which is great because I think it tonally adopts the same sort of mindset that the second one had. Okay. Um. Before I keep going, what was your prediction? What is your prediction about this movie? All right. <clears throat> oh, also Mackenzie Davis is in it, who, if you don't know, is fantastic. She was in uh, San Junipero, uh, a Black Mirror episode. She was in Tully. Um, yeah, she's And great. she gets to kind of uh, unleash some action, badass chops in this, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You can tell people in this movie are having fun with it. Totally. Which I love. Now, please So go. roundabout, I'm going to say in one way or another – the robots win, and it ends on a cliffhanger to set up the next movie. And I'm going to tell you with my eyes because you want me to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's that's that. So I'd say go see it. It's it's a worthwhile action film. There's a couple of points where, like, if you if you know the franchise, Sarah Connor is in the first movie attacked by Arnold Schwarzenegger's T101 uh, Terminator. Then in the second one, the 1991 film T2. He, it, another model of him basically is sent back to protect her and her son, John, who is mm-hmm. the leader of the resistance. They fight it off. Um, they stick with the same premise in this one. Like a bad robot is sent back and then a good one is sent to defend Mackenzie Davis is the good one. Um, and it mostly works, but I, I don't want to give away any plot stuff, but it's, it's, you know, plot wise, pretty similar <laughs> to the second one. I mean, the stakes are the same. It's like one long chase scene, the movie essentially, there's some great stunts. The practical effects are awesome. The digital effects are not great. Um, but it's because they spent so much money doing – like they blew up like 100 cars for this movie. Nice. It's nuts. Um, but I would say go see it if you have a chance, and we'd love to hear your feedback on At it. At this point, you don't have much time, right? It's probably not going to be in theaters much longer. You know, I don't know, man. Like we were like we were talking before we started, a lot of movies are starting to come out. This is sort of like the second wave of um, movies that are trying to get Oscars start coming out towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you've got a little time. I'd say, I think this movie's going to have several showings until maybe the, maybe the 21st. Okay. So within about a week of when you hear this episode. So go see it. If you like, if you like action movies and you like the Terminator, certainly go see it, but it's a solid action movie in general. Was Arnold <clears throat> in this? Yes. Okay. And they give it away in the trailer, which is really dumb. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't, but they did. So I'm happy to say it. Um, yeah, he shows up and so does uh, the original Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but. She's fine. It's fine. I think Sarah Connor's uh, kind of a terrible character. I think she's unlikable, and I understand her circumstances, but mellow out, Sarah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, are you okay going to a break? Yeah. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jojo Rabbit. It is not a movie based in any type of franchise. It's a new original idea from Taika Waititi, who did Thor Ragnarok and other stuff. Perhaps a 
perhaps a thing we'll reference later in the show. But the important thing to know is we're not going to spoil it yet. So please stick around and we'll be right back. Guys, as the holidays draw closer, it's important to remind ourselves what's truly important this holiday season. Friends, family, and good craft beer. One of those will help you deal with the other two. And on that note, why don't you come on down to the Handlebar right here in Chico. They're a fantastic restaurant and craft beer bar. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a fantastic, constantly rotating lineup of craft beers. They also have a happy hour, seven days a week, from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all those draft beers. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. You're a top man. Prepare to leave the house. Today you boys will be involved in such activities as war games, <laughs> ambush techniques, and blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. When I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. <laughs> Kids, it's time to burn some books. Yeah! You're growing up too fast. Ten-year-olds shouldn't be celebrating war and talking politics. Hi, Hitler. I wish more of our young boys had your blind fanaticism. <laughs> Did you know Jews can read each other's minds? But how would you know if you saw one? They could look just like us. Hi. You know what I am? Say it. A Jew. Gesundheit. Sheesh, that was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it! I've but negotiated. Go down the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. You two seem to be getting on well. She doesn't seem like a bad person. I'm the enemy. You're not a Nazi. Jojo, you're a ten-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of a club. Yes, mm-hmm. that was a trailer for Jojo Rabbit, uh, which, if you read the description uh, on paper, would not seem like the movie that it actually is. And the description is more or less this. Jojo is a young boy in the Nazi army. His best friend is Adolf Hitler, and his mother is hiding a Jewish orphan in their attic. I am not describing Schindler's List or an Anne Frank documentary. This is a satire comedy written and directed by Taika Waititi, who did Thor Ragnarok. And it stars the following people. Roman Griffin Davis as Jojo, Thomas and Mackenzie plays Elsa, the Jewish girl hiding in the attic. Uh, you will know Thomas and Mackenzie from Leave No Trace. It's a film we did uh, sometime in the past. You did. That's true. It was a flick pick. Uh, and I remember you saying, Thomason's her name? That's super cool. I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson plays Jojo's mother. Uh, Taika Waititi plays Hitler. Sam Rockwell plays Captain Klenzendorf. And it also has Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, and Archie Yates as Yorkie, JoJo's friend. Yorkie was awesome. Yorkie was awesome. 
Um, this movie came out in a sort of limited release on October 18th. Uh, we didn't get it here in Chico until maybe, what do you think, like last Thursday? Something like that, yeah. So the like November 6th or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it runs an hour and 48 minutes long. Uh, it made a pretty pretty small opening weekend, $350,000. Yep. But then in the following uh, month or so, it's up to $10.8 million. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it costs to make it, but uh, I think it's doing okay. I think it is too. I also think this movie might be problematic to some people. I know for some people, just World War II Holocaust stuff is untouchable. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. I, I don't, don't think either. you do either. Yep. Um, I don't think anything's untouchable. Fair enough. Not, I mean, most things. If I, it's I'm, done right. Yeah, agreed. I, and I think that's, well, we'll get into it. What did you think? You know, what did I think, man? I went in with, you know, moderate expectations. I love Tika Waititi. Close enough. Taika yeah. Waititi. <laughs> yep. Tiki White Torchy. <laughs> Whatever. It's um, also worth noting that he's he's not like a white dude or anything. He's he's part Jewish and part Maori, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what the rock is. He's Jowry. Sure. So, like, some of this uh, subject matter is close to home. Totally. That's, I think, very important into the appreciation of this movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went in with, you know, moderate expectations. And I tell you what, I absolutely loved this movie. Loved it. Loved it. Capital L. Capital L. Might be my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. Okay, that's great news. Yeah. Okay. It was amazing. There were... The full spectrum of, uh, you know, you had s- deep satire, just mm. over-the-top, ridiculous satire. Um, so much of it felt kind of relevant to the world we live in a little. Rough? That sucks. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but also just, it had moments of seriousness and moments of, you know. Levity. Jo- levity and, and deep despair and joy. And I think it was just an amazingly well-written and well-directed movie and for something that could come off as crass or cheap, it really followed through in its intention, and I absolutely loved it. So big thumbs up from me. Fair. I think that um, this movie is hinged upon the performance and the perspective of its main character, mm-hmm. which is this endearing little kid. He's so little. Um, when I first saw the trailer for this film, maybe maybe two months ago. Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh, is that right? Yep. That was this movie. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's if you've seen any Wes Anderson movies, it's impossible not to draw the comparisons, especially, I think, Moonrise Kingdom mm-hmm. when it comes to like the Nazi camp sequence in this movie, which I think is one of the strongest portions of this movie. Um, but you really sort of get the tone set for what kind of movie this is going to be. And I think this is like maybe the first 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you really decide if you're going to be for it or against it. I think if you if you don't handle well what happens in the first 25 minutes, you're not going to like the rest of the movie. Yeah. But if you think that it's funny and you can you can see where the director and the actors are coming from, this can be a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I didn't love it with a capital L. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, there are some tunnel shifts in this movie that caught me off guard and not in the best way. I think it was it's it struck me more as sort of um, not like it didn't know where it was going, but like it was going two different directions and wanted to have its cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Is that the phrase? Yeah, I never understood that, but whatever. Um, but I think the casting is great. I think Sam Rockwell in this movie is wonderful. Um, obviously Roman Griffin Davis as Jojo is fantastic. Scarlett Johansson's great in everything she's in, mm-hmm. uh, except for ghost in the shell. <laughs> hate that movie. Uh, I think Thomas and McKenzie's here. There's some really great use of, um, genre tropes that aren't necessarily this genre, um, without giving anything away. I just think it's a nice nod is like the way they filmed Thomas and McKenzie the first time. It feels like a horror movie, mm-hmm. which if you take it out of context, you're filming a Jewish girl in an attic during World War II as a monster coming out of the walls. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. 
But this movie is from Jojo's perspective. Mm -hmm. And he's just been an indoctrinated, indoctrinated little kid into the Nazi army. And that's how he sees it. Um, and I don't think it's spoilery to say that like, that's not really his mentality. Right. <laughs> um, so all in all, I think this movie is enjoyable. It's very funny. It's very charming and it is serious when it wants to be. And it is not perfect. And that is what I think. I like that. Yeah. That's a good, good summary. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I want, I'm really interested to get into some of the things you didn't like about it. Uh, are most of those going to be a little spoilery? Um, I could probably talk about some of it without spoiling. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know. There, there's part of me that, that does still have a reaction to like Hitler on screen. And as like, I think they do it as well as you can here, but I also kind of think like it doesn't all work. Um, I didn't say this in the description, but it's clear in the trailer. Like Hitler is obviously not his best friend. He's his imaginary friend. He's like sort of striving to please Hitler. And if you've seen Taika Waititi, he was actually in Ragnarok. He was, uh, was it Korg? Mm -hmm. He's the big rock dude. He's got a really funny way about him. Mm -hmm. Um, so he brings a lot of light to Hitler, but I think, I think my main things about this movie that I didn't like was, like I said earlier, the tonal sort of changes. Um, and it just, you know, so maybe it is spoiler. Yeah. Maybe I can't. Okay. Sorry. Are you talking from funny to serious? Yeah. And it's, I mean, you can do that transition. I think that works in a lot of times, but, um, let's see if I can dance around this. The, let's see. The shift in tone that I'm referring to that I know, you know, um, is it, it makes it so that the movie has to resolve the issues that previously it didn't really address. Mm. Like it sort of introduces these ideas um, that almost feel like it's not from a 10 year old's perspective. And then we have to grapple with kind of our viewpoint as an adult. So it just adds a layer of gravity to this movie and sort of responsibility that I don't think really benefits the movie. Okay. Uh, and I can elaborate on that if you remind me later. Yes. Yeah. Make a note of that because I have uh, ideas about that and how I think you're wrong. Okay, great. Or just a difference of opinion. Sure. That's great. What about you? Things you liked, didn't like, favorite performances? That I sort of thing. really liked the little kid, the the main little dude. Yeah. Roman Griffin Davis. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen him in anything else, but yeah. he's wonderful. He was amazing in this. Yeah. Um, and also, like, Thomas and McKenzie is really good. She's great, dude. Like, kind of a subtle, like, understated performance. Mm -hmm. Just um, very morose and very withdrawn in herself. Which is, like, when you think about it for even more than half a second, you're like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But just still, like, um, very teenage in her dripping sarcasm. Yeah. And like, right. I just love her interactions with, with Jojo, you know, she starts like playing into all these racial racist, uh, tropes about Jews to him. He, she, you know, he's asking her to like describe her family and I know. she's like, well, we crawl out of the cave. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. she's just leaning into it and like giving him the middle finger by like mm -hmm. being satirical to his face about her whole race. Right. I think that that kind of falls in line with the part of the movie that some people won't be okay with. Mm. Cause I could see an argument for like, is that funny? Because she is so obviously that's insane. Yeah. Or is it sort of doubling down on like the Nazi belief and we're just, we're kind of like empowering it mm. as an audience by laughing at those things. And I think you could make a case both ways. I think you should laugh at it. And I don't I think, think that it's, I don't think too. that's empowering it at all. Like 
if anything, you're yeah. acknowledging the absurdity that Jews have horns. Right. <laughs> but, I th- I mean? but I mean, I, that comes back to like the indoctrination of little kids. Like you're not going to be able to convince kids. Like even nobody really says it out loud, like why you're discriminating against these people. But yeah. from an adult perspective, it's like they're a threat or they're, we think they're weird or whatever. Like we're just better than them and we can kill them. So we will. Yeah. From a kid's perspective, the way to get people involved, little kids, like they're monsters, like they're magical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, but more to the point of sort of the, the perpetuation of like the goofy Nazi thing. Like they're so silly. How could they think that? Like I, the argument that I'm saying could be made is like, it's, you're sort of, you're sort of disregarding the actual evil and horror that that type of thinking can give you for, for the idea of just being, ah, it's so crazy. Who would believe that? But like people do believe it. Sure. But also they were, you know, looking at all this through the lens of small children. Exactly. And, and like, that's, that's the, the, yeah. Yep. So, that's the way this movie works. Yeah. Obviously like there was a darker tinge to all of it. And but then like, when it shifts, it doesn't work as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, but most of this movie works really well and it works really well. But if you're going, if you're fully on board, I think this movie works flawlessly, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't fully on board. Fair. Yeah. You feel great in it? Ooh. Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time as well. Yep. I already wrote mine down. Okay. What do you got? Uh, 9.4. 9.4. I really, 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 really liked it. Good call. Yeah. 9.4. Yep. Uh, for me, it's an eight. It's a really good movie. Um, great performances. Very funny. Uh, and we'll talk more about stuff that we can nitpick stuff if we want to in the danger zone and talk about some spoiler stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it is time for another beer. And I'm excited because there's going to be a tie-in to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm excited for you to talk about. Uh, so when we come back from this break, we'll get into that beer. We'll jump into Hot and Bothered, and then we'll hit the danger zone and talk about some spoilers for Jojo Rabbit. So stick around. Okay, beer number two. Crack that whip. Oh, I like that can a lot. Is that a reference to the show? Is it like even the can art? 100%. Okay, so we're drinking a revision beer called What We Do in the Shadows. And nope. I, what We Drink in the Shadows. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, is that really not right? I had to read the can. Um... And looking at it, I can't, even when you texted me the name, I was like, this is like a stout or something or a porter. And maybe I was thinking of Shadow of a Doubt, but please tell me more. Why do we have this, particularly this beer, which is not a stout? It is something else. Yeah. So what we do in the shadows is a uh, series sure. that Taika Waititi starred in and directed along with another guy whose name I can't remember Fair. about vampires. And it was very um, dry, sarcastic. Kind of like following along the lives of of vampires, and mm-hmm. it's really funny. Is it like modern day, or is it maybe older? I don't remember. I've only seen a couple episodes, and gotcha. it was a while ago. Okay. Uh, I just know that it's a Taika Waititi thing, and we should probably watch more of it, because I've heard really good things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we got this beer, and it's called What We Drink in the Shadows from Revision. Revision. Brewing Company. Sparks, Nevada. Yes. Where they fly. The vampires? Sparks. Sparks fly. Sure. Got it. Good. <laughs> uh, this is an IPA, 6%, 25 IBUs. Seems pretty straightforward. That sounds like a hazy IPA to me. But it is, in fact, a New England-style hazy IPA. Um, where'd you get it? Spikes? Spikes. My man. Five bucks. Uh, as soon as you pour it so we don't spill it all over the table, I'd love for you to find a uh, canning date for this. Because it's going to need to be fresh. And to be fair, revision and spikes are usually fresh. I will say, as you're pouring it, it's not the haziest of hazy beers, especially from Revision that I've ever seen. But it is, uh, especially when you look at my glass compared to yours, uh, a bit more hazy. Mine was poured second. Uh, 10, 28, 19. Okay, we're looking at uh, two weeks. Yeah, Freshy McFresh. Fresh pants. AF. Oh, yeah. 
It smells great. It smells, but it smells like a revision beer. Like they all, they all smell very similar. They're hazy beers do to me, which I think is actually pretty nice. I don't like it when bands change their sound, you know, do the thing. <laughs> Mumford and Sons don't, you're not Coldplay. Go back to Babel. That was oddly specific. Bit of a deep cut there. Yeah. I'm, I got a little resentment for that. Yeah, I can tell. Um, you, you're a big Mumford gay. Well, I was. I mean, like they were sort of the first band that was like, not the first band, obviously, but sort of the one that recently in like the, the 2010s hit sort of the mainstream as a folk, uh, harmony focused band. And then two albums in on their third one, they were like, let's just change it up. Let's bring in a lot of synth sounds and whatever. It sounds like a Coldplay ripoff to me. Fun. I haven't heard them recently. This was like three years ago, four years ago. Have they put anything else out since then? I don't know. I stopped following them. Oh. So revision, keep doing what you're doing. I think you make good stuff and I like it. So, you know, I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying there's a there's a trend. And revision beers is to have a, a through line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they all kind of taste the same. And if you like them, you like them. Yeah. It's like, um, what's a band like that? Like an ACDC. <laughs> they, they, or Slayer. Like, they all just sound the same. If you like Slayer, yeah. you like them. I think most people that don't listen to metal would be like, all metal songs sound the same. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it's like a certain, it's a certain aesthetic and it's a certain... Profile of flavor and smell and stuff. Like all Max Minardi songs. You got it. Yeah, I tried to change it once. I was like, this doesn't work. Yeah, I they all stay the same. But I learned. So I came back to my roots. Yeah, because at heart, you're just, you know, a big Slayer fan. I think that's the takeaway. That's, yeah, my album was called Slay Me. Yeah. It was actually S-L-E-I-G-H. It was his Christmas album. That was a follow-up to his breakout hit, Rain and Plaid. Yeah. This beer's fine. Yeah. Do you taste that? Yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. It's, it's, a, it's fine. It's whatever. It's dude. a nice tie into the show. Yeah. In case you didn't pick up on it, Taika Waititi is the director of Jojo Rabbit. I don't know if anybody missed that, but that is why we're drinking this. If you missed that, pay attention. Yeah. It's hard to forget Taika Waititi. Yeah. Somebody says that, you're like, what are you Tiki what Waitorchi. That? Yeah, right. That feels like a like a Maori slur to me. Right? Like you're like, just like hey, whatever. Yeah. Tiki torches. Kaka papuka. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, fine. How much do you want to talk about this? Not much. I don't want to, like, I don't want to, I feel like sometimes we sh- we give the second beer the short end of the stick. So maybe we try to formulate some decent thoughts. Well, it's really thin. It is thin. Uh, it's pretty drinkable, though. Like, I wouldn't be mad at it if I ordered it at a bar. It's very mild, hot presence. You get a lot of, like, sweetness uh, with a tiny bit of dryness at the end, which is really the only thing letting me know that there's hops in it at yeah. all. Yep. Clocking at 25 IBUs, it's not... It does, It feels higher than that to me. I don't know. I don't know how you measure that. I've never understood that, but, like, I don't know. It feels a little bit more bitey than that to me. I was expecting something a little bit smoother, a little bit sweeter. Um, and this is musty as fuck. Yeah. Can I just say that? Yeah. <laughs> By design. Like, some of their beers are, like, they're musty. Mm-hmm. Um, not tennis ball musty, but, like, old box in the garage musty. Okay. That feels more musty. Uh. Yeah, but a different type, right? Okay. Different must. It's not it's not like a that kind of stankiness on well, it. Well, what's in the box? You never know. That's true. Like old photo box musty? Yeah, maybe. I, oh, I thought you were that. just making a reference to seven? to seven, yeah. Well, but legitimately though, what's in the box? Because if it's a box full of old used tennis balls. No, 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 it's not that. Okay. It's no, it's like it's like it's like it's like mop mop heads. Just mm. a bunch of those sitting in there. I don't know why you would I don't know. I don't know how often you're mopping you break this 
you break the stick, so well, you have to put the old head in a box. I don't know. Those are, uh, you know, the industrial mops the janitors use. Those heads are, are replaceable. You can pull, pull well, them totally. Out, wash them, pressure but, wash but them. But like, why would you get a new one? If you have the old one, just put the old one well, back. You know, no why would you put it in storage is my question. You know, sometimes you, you need one for bleach. Sometimes you need one for, but like, But you put soap. it in a cardboard box in the garage. I'm asking you, like, you came up with this well, idea, but Once it was it's mine. dry, yeah. you know. You should, I don't know. I'd hang them on the wall. Yeah, or, like, put them in, like, a plastic bucket, like your mop bucket. Yeah, or well, like your extra you your old because you use that. What's well, so your old mop bucket that you break? You hang them on the wall. Why like, would you even keep the bucket then? Yeah, you're right. Because you're yeah, you're using the bucket. Yeah, hang them on the wall like the skins of your enemies and move on with your day. But then, then what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Brad Pitt's wife's head. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Uh, anyways, so Gwyneth Paltrow was that? Who, that was whose name was. I could not think of. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a movie last night, uh, and it wasn't uh, whatever I said earlier. It wasn't uh, Terminator Two. Oh, no, it was. It was Sarah Connor, whose name I need to remember, actress-wise, and I will in a moment. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, but I kept calling. I kept saying she looks like Gwyneth Paltrow, but I meant Hillary Swank. Mm. Uh, no difference there. They're super different. They're like the most different people. One, everybody in the office agreed that Hillary Swank is hot. Yeah. Deep cut. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> we so, did a good job starting that off, and then we just tan- tangentially missed it. Is this beer hot? No. No? It's warm. Lukewarm? Yeah, it's fine. Is it warmer than a puddle on a hot spring day? Warmer than a puddle on a hot spring day? Why is there a puddle? Sprinklers or rain? Maybe there were spring showers. No, those are warm. So it's about that. Yeah. yeah it's a spring shower warmth. Okay. To me. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. And that is my trademark, by the way. That's the one. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You really got to be almost out of breath. Like, yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, you got to say at the end of a sentence, it's really long, kind of mm-hmm. running on too long. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's just all right. Yeah. How it's much was it? Five bucks. Nope. I'm out. Too yeah. expensive. What would you pay? Tops. Four. Four fifty tops. Three ninety nine. It should be four dollars. Three ninety nine. No, it's worth more than that. It's it needs to get out of the threes. It's a four dollar beer. It's it's the number add, thing. Add a penny. Would you rather see three point nine nine on a tag or four, just the number four? I'd rather see a four. Simplify this. Let's not play games here. Hmm. I think that's all we're doing is playing games. Yeah, here. I think so too. Marketing games. It's huh? a fine beer. You know. Don't pay five dollars for it. It's not worth it. There's better beers for five dollars. Nope. I would say it's... get this. Get the Moxa beer for five dollars. Yeah, right. It's really I need good. To start adding the V into that word. Get the Moxa beer for five dollars. For five dollars. Five dollars. Yeah. Who I think I am. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, this beer is just okay. Yeah. Uh, let's both say a number on three. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. One, two, three, four point two. Oh, oof. cynical old bastard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Four point two for you. It's not that good. Yep. All right. It's fine. But it's not that bad. It's not a... F- okay. Well, teach his own. Yeah. I thought I liked it less than you. You might. But 4.2? Yeah. That's getting low, That's not a good are, beer. Our rating systems are all crazy. Five and knows? above is a decent beer. Five and above is average to a better. You're right. We disagree on this. All right. That's what we drink in the shadows. Revision. Uh, $5 if you can find it in town. Yeah. Try to get it for less. Barter. Yeah. Trade some hash coins for it. What's a hash coin? It's from Trailer Park Boys. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right. We're moving <laughs> into hot and bothered right now. Uh, Johnny, what has you hot and or bothered this week? Oh, goodness. Let's see. It's been a, a wonky week since we last spoke. I had some old friend depression come back for a couple days. What does that mean? Old friend depression? My old friend. Oh, your depression is your old depression. friend. Depression. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was uh, the one-year anniversary of the campfire, and that Classic. brought up all kinds of weird feelings that I didn't even process until, mm. like, that 
Friday after I got off work and just had this huge emotional dump. So that was fun. But that segued immediately into a weekend with nothing on the calendar. Mm. Which was good or bad for you? It was good. I have needed time to relax and recharge. Uh, Got neck deep in video games. uh, Drank a whole bottle of rum. What kind of rum? Uh, Captain. Ugh. It was good. Was it? They only make the dark rum, right? Yeah. yeah. No, they actually make a clear one. Do too. they? Yeah. Do you have the dark or the clear? Yeah, dark. Nice. Hundred percent. Classic. Spiced rum, baby. Yeah. Uh, Captain Morgan and Diet Pepsi. Oh god. Maybe the best cocktail. What's well, even Diet Soda? Diet Pepsi is good. No, it isn't. Yes, but, it is. But neither is is Turkey Bacon. But that's the only thing I've had in a long time. So I would I would also make the argument Turkey Bacon's good. No, it's you not. Would, I know it's not. And neither is Diet Pepsi. Drink fucking Pepsi. Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Drink with, Coke with, for one. With Captain Morgan is the best mix. It's like vanilla and liquor. It's What's really, the vanilla? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Something happens when you mix those two things together and it's like magical deliciousness it's in the your aspartame mouth. aspartame reacting with the alcohol causing cancer cells and they taste to your Gosh, mouth like vanilla. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like it more than regular Pepsi? No. And you just do it because it's less sugar. Doesn't aspartame cause cancer? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't drink it all the time. Yeah. This is the so. yeah. first time Diet Pepsi's been in my house in like, I don't know, a year. Do you go two liter? No, I got the little one liter bottles, six pack. So you could open them and they stay fresh. Oh, that's smart actually. But yeah, I uh, got the new Call of Duty from the Red Box. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. On this? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Played the crap out of that. How many are there now? Like 10? 37. There's a lot. There's so many. The first one came out for the Xbox original, right? Yeah. I want to say the Xbox One, but that's already a real console. Yeah. So the first Xbox. The first Xbox. The first Purge. First of his name. Yeah. Uh, see, there's got to be like like nine or 10 of those games. Something like that, yeah. They don't really ever change. The graphics get a lot better the as they better. go. Guns, this, new guns, I guess? Yeah. New levels, stuff like that. This one is really pretty to look at it's yeah. the closest to like playing a movie that mm. i've seen yet more than is, uh uh god of war the different style of game but god of war was legit like playing a movie that game was insane yeah uh this is more like playing an action movie sure. whereas that was i mean close i'd say this yeah. as far as the the like first person shooters go this one is like you're just immersed in a world it doesn't look like a level yeah. It looks like a yeah, canyon. In the world. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Can I jump back really quickly? Um, are you still talking about this game? Is what I actually I don't want to cut off the game part, but I want to tack on a gun thing. Okay. More on the game? No, that was it. It was fun. It was a good weekend. Sweet. So there was highs and lows. That incorporated my bothered, uh, which segued into my hot. That's a really good that's a sick way to handle hot and bothered, I think. Yeah, thank you. You had to have some self care. Yeah, totally. It's important. Um, Terminator, Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I not one thing. There's a few things I didn't like. There's a whole bunch of time travel in that movie that fuck me is D- not. It's just I don't I can't I didn't start it because we don't have time. Don't get you started on time travel, please. But the other thing that I noticed when I rewatched The Matrix kind of recently, but Matrix was made in '99, so it it doesn't really sort of have to follow the rules of modern society. But there was a lot of like gun fetishism in the new Terminator, and it just doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. Like there's there's the whole scene where like dusty door opens and we open and we like sort of pan masturbatorily over like a wall of guns. And like somebody says something like that's going to be enough firepower for something. I wish I had a better line there. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels kind of weird. Like there've been too many shootings in the past. I don't know. It's 10 years. Yeah. Where it just like getting really like, there's one scene where the main character, Danny is learning how to shoot a handgun. And then Sarah Connor, whose name I still don't know is like, Quit it with this baby shit. Let's get real. And like picks up a, a gun and it's meant to be like a an applauding moment in the theater. 
but I, I don't know. The, the whole gun thing is uh, like the bigger, stronger guns shooting bigger things is like kind of gotten old for me. Yeah, and I think this movie adapted itself really well to the times, except for sort of that bit of it. It's the story of action movies. And it's a Terminator movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I don't want to, but I wanted to mention it. That's like, have you seen Fast and the Furious? Hobbs it, and Shaw? These fucking fast uh, cars, man. They're yeah. dangerous. Okay. I mean. Look what happened to Paul Walker. We can't keep glorifying these crash? fast cars. Yeah. In a Porsche. Well, that's fitting. In a car crash. Yeah. I guess, I mean, how else would he have wanted to go? That's the way he'd want to go. Well, he went fast and furiously. Yes, sir. I guess. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyways, that was your hot and bothered. Love it. Yeah. I could see how that could bother, bother people. Yeah, it's fine. It's the Terminator though. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. So it didn't bother me that much. It's fair. I mean, it, it'd be, it's the genre specific too. You don't see that too much outside of like action and sometimes sci-fi movies. Yeah, that's true. That's it's a good point. It's very specific. I mean, I think back to like, you know, obviously scenes in the matrix. Think of all like the expendables. There's an armory. Yeah. Or like and, Rambo. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's. It's a shorthanded way of being like, look at this badass. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It's fine. You know, that's like, that's an action movie thing. Yep. Guns or swords or whatever it is. Yep. Played a great game. Well, I played a great game, great game in the car the other day, coming back from a gig. Okay. And the, the game, there were two games, but the one I'm talking about was, um, you would sort of name a thing that happens in a movie and then try to name as many movies as you can that incorporate that thing. Um, so like gunplay is a great one. Movies with gunplay, which I, in my definition is like at least two people shooting at each other and the guns are focused as sort of the, the pinnacle of the action. So mm-hmm. like matrix, uh, John wick, that kind of stuff. Um, another one was like battles with swords, Lord of the Rings, last samurai. That's so vague and broad though. I know it is, but you can't get that specific or the game becomes impossible. Like, can can you name three movies with sword battles that I didn't? Not Lord of the Rings, not Last Samurai. Not Lord of the Rings, not mm-hmm. Last Samurai. Uh, sword battle movies. Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2, 47 Ronin. 47 um, Ronin I will take, but battle I think means like an army, like armies oh. fighting each other. Like a battle. Braveheart. You could be a great one. 13th Warrior. Okay, yeah. Yeah, tons of medieval movies. Yeah, it's uh, like if you get medieval, The King on Netflix, King, which I haven't seen yet, yep. but Game um, of Thrones. That King one Arthur. Episode. Yeah. It's a fun game when you're yeah. driving and have nothing else to do. Okay. The other game was something else, but I'm not going to spoil it now because it was a lot of fun and I want to keep it close to my chest. That's fine. Yeah. It's yours. Thanks. Uh, what was I saying? What's the point of this? I don't know. Uh, Hot and bothered. Yeah. Driving back from the gig. Yep. It was a long ass weekend. Yeah. Which was fine. It was my last wedding of the year. Uh, so sort of a Murphy's Law situation, but it all worked out. Um, but I also got to catch up with a couple movies this week. That I was stoked to see. One was a repeat. I got to watch The Last Black Man in San Francisco again, which we did. And I was going to look this up on an episode. Uh, do you have? Do you want to guess what episode we covered that on? 137? I think it was further back than that. I, I'm going to say like 126. Okay. Uh, in any case, it's a movie we saw at the pageant uh, created by indie filmmakers. I loved it. I think you really liked it as well, if yeah. I remember right. It was really good. Um, and it came out on DVD a while back. Uh, and I got to watch it with Gianna. It was great. I rented like five movies, three of which were artsy, fartsy films that she wouldn't care about. One was that movie, and one was a horror movie, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, but it held up. It's a really good movie, and I wrote a decent review about it on Letterboxd. And I think um, the the loving relationship of the two main characters is just transcendent and wonderful. It was so good. If you haven't seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco, go go watch it mm-hmm. immediately. It's really good. Yeah. 
Uh, it's not an action movie, but uh, can yeah. I add one more hot? I'm yeah, going to add one more hot. I had some awesome listener feedback. Oh, nice. Uh, Nick Land listened to like the first little bit of our Booksmart episode and then went out and rented it. And oh, has nice. Since dude. watched it like three times. Oh, really? And is super stoked it's to a listen really to the good rest movie. of the episode. So shout out to Nick Land. Wait, he, he listened to part of it, watched the movie three times and hasn't come back to the episode? I don't know if it, as of right now he might have finished the episode, but that he knew bastard. he couldn't finish it before he watched the movie. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always worried, like, when we say, like, go watch the movie, and come, which you should do. He did. So thanks for doing that, Nick. That's yeah. really, really cool. He's a champion. Yeah. I can't find uh, the episode number for Last Black Man, but I feel like that should be pretty easy to find. Yeah, it's not on Google. It's really hard to do it on <laughs> Google. Um, but I'm not giving up. Okay. Uh, but thanks, Nick. The other thing is that I watched a horror classic, which I'd never seen. You're going to have to take this one, because I don't remember this movie very much at all. Okay. Well, Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil some of it because it's an old enough movie, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen it. So maybe, okay. I'll spoil a little bit, not the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and that film is Rosemary's baby. If you've ever heard people talk about horror movies, this is sort of like up there with sort of the Canon, the horror movie Canon, as I understand it. Would you agree? Yes. So it came out in 1968. Uh, it was directed by Roman Polanski. We're going to ignore that because it's a good movie and he rapes kids. So he's the worst, but the movie's, Really good. Yep. Okay. Um, stars Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, and there are a couple that move into this apartment building, or, or I think it's like a, what's like a step up from an apartment? Oh. Like a condo? No, it's an apartment. It's like a nice apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are approached by their neighbors and who are like old people, and they move into this place where this person has just died via suicide, uh, close enough to that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like demonic stuff. And witchery, if that's a word. Um, and I was talking to my friend Brian earlier today. Brian Massa? I know him. And I was I was saying, we were having a conversation because we watched Terminator together, about how like a lot of old horror movies don't really scare me. Like even the ones where people are like, oh my gosh, I watched that when I was like 18 and it terrified me. Mm-hmm. They don't scare me. And I think part of it is the effects and the sound design. Like it doesn't match up to what, or doesn't live up to what horror movies are today. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rosemary's Baby has this this sort of unescapable, inescapable uh, feeling of dread and creepiness. Um, and it's really good. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I try to watch old movies, and even when I get in, like, my most film nerdy mind, it's still like, this is pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> but from maybe the first 10 minutes of that movie, I was hooked. Nice. It's just an incredible horror story. Um, there are elements that I now recognize in in a movie like Hereditary. Mm, that's um, cool, huh? And it's and it's it's the first one I thought of, but you start seeing sort of these uh, nuggets that directors and writers take from Rosemary's Baby or mm-hmm. other horror movies, like like uh, Suspiria is a great one. Um, and it's just it's really interesting to see, and the fact that it was interesting, uh, captivating, and scary is the trifecta of horror movies, I think. Uh, so if you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, I rented it at all the best here in Chico. Where they know his name? They know. They do. <laughs> Had a great conversation with Michael, uh, who works there, who knows my name. Um, go see it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know you haven't seen it in a while, Johnny, but you yeah. should rewatch it if you can, because you are the self-proclaimed horror nerd of this podcast. And if you can't recall Rosemary's Baby, you need to. Yeah, it's been forever. Yeah. I think I watched it last, like, in high school. Yeah, that's how I was with Terminator. Yep. Yeah. Granted, not sort of my wheelhouse, but totally. what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to revisit that. It's fun to watch classics, you know, pinnacles of a genre because you start to see as a film junkie 
all of the things, like you said, that have been borrowed and yeah. like that the or like paying respect to exactly yeah. the the monumental impact that it had is felt rippled throughout yeah. time in a genre, and it's cool because there's certain movies like that from the '60s and '70s. I think you could say have the same effect across a genre throughout decades and decades and decades. Totally, and it's fun. I'm sure yeah. there's some cool books out there about that, like. Yeah, this movie did this for the first time, and it defined the genre, and you'll see it forever now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to say, like, n- not that we have dates memorized, but like a pre a pre eighties horror movie that comes to mind, your mind as iconic. What do you mm-hmm. think of pre eighties? Yeah, so from like the seventies or sixties, I suppose. Yeah, I don't really know they were doing. I mean, they were doing like monster, like creature features in the fifties. Yeah, I think. yeah. Like, when was Nosferatu? There's a remake of that coming Nosferatu out. Nosferatu was like thirties. No, was that old? Yes, sir. Oh, snap. Um, no, I, I mean, like probably Bella Lugosi's Dracula, yeah, okay. Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Those yeah, like are, creature movies, though. Yeah. Those are your saying? Mm-hmm. Nosferatu kind of turned that tipping, you know, that point and like really got suspenseful. Yeah. Um, and then like 60s, there was. Shoot, that's when like Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho came oh, out. Oh, sure. I believe. So, yeah, I saw it. Was, or like Psych. Wait, is that is that Hitchcock? Mm-hmm. Oh snap! I didn't realize that. Yeah. I haven't seen Psycho all the way through. Like I started it at one point on my honeymoon, actually. And I'm now as you're saying, I was like, I didn't finish that movie. <laughs> uh, with yeah. The Bates Motel. Yeah, like that, and then like The Birds. Yeah, that was probably sixties. Yeah, years. and I remember vividly being terrified of the movie The Thing. I was going to mention the sixties. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could think of who did that now thing. Uh, man, John Carpenter. That's mm-hmm. who did it. Well, he did the one in the eighties. Oh, there was another one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is why you're the horror horror guy. Yeah. There was the first one that came out. I thought once it was like early, like late sixties, early seventies, maybe. Wow. Maybe earlier. I think it was black and white. So it might've been like 50s, sixties. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, the birds was sixty three. So yeah. that's like the the perfect. And the, the birds was fucking terrifying. Was it? Because again, like I saw it when I was older, and like, uh, it was, it was just like get... these birds. Like I'm, I don't know. It was creepy. I think the the sort of um, like the blanket of suspense mm-hmm. and creepiness is there. Yeah, like it's not scary. But you go back and you watch movies like the original House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. Like Vincent Price was it. amazing. He was a great filmmaker. Okay. So, there was a no. I'm not seeing a an, a thing older than the '82, uh, but maybe there was one. I'm pretty sure there was. I'm seeing the thing from another world, 1951. That might be the same thing. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, point is, old horror movies that are really fun to watch. And scary or hard to find. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for that, Rosemary's Baby is wonderful. Well, they're not super hard to find. If you're me, they're hard to find. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> if you don't have a Johnny, they're hard to find. That's fair. Not everyone is blessed. Fair. Thank you. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to touch on before we move into spoilers? Uh, just your body. There it is. Mm, a nice little. Nice. Good. Okay. We're moving into the danger zone. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, go see it. Come back and finish this. Do like Nick Land does. Yeah. Do like Nick Land do. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger. Uh, okay, spoilers, Jojo Rabbit. I wrote down three things that I definitely want to talk about. Death. Yeah, a lot of death. Death. Uh, and not death. And the introduction of a new theme that forces us to address this movie from the perspective of grownups. Mm-hmm. Which incidentally actually is death. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I get into my stuff, is there anything you know you want to talk about? 
Hmm. No, I want you to take it away. Okay, so this movie is all fun and games for a very long time. It's Jojo. He gets injured by the grenade. Heavy air quotes on fun and games. Fair enough. Uh, it treats this movie like fun and games for a very long time. And then he gets grenade blown up. Then he is no longer allowed to go to the camp, the Wes Anderson camp. And he has to spend more time at home, discovers Elsa. And eventually his mother, who it is made clear is a quote unquote Jew sympathizer, Mm -hmm. uh, is hung in the town square. We see it from her shoes, which has been shown to us very often in this movie, which I think great touch, Mm -hmm. great foreshadowing. Yeah, it was a very abrupt moment. It was too. incredibly abrupt. One of the most abrupt tonal changes I've seen in a movie in recent memory. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ah, ha, 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 let me go find mom dead. She's dead. Um, and I think that's the first time in the movie we're actually forced to be like, oh, right. They kill people mm-hmm. that are either are Jewish or are okay with Jewish people. And I think from then on, the jokes in the movie don't work quite as well. Mm. I think the Hitler character played by Taika Waititi, works less funny. Though I do appreciate after Jojo learns that Hitler has killed himself, we see his imaginary friend with a bullet hole in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that the the tone doesn't work after you after your, after Jojo realizes this isn't just a fun club. This yeah. is people that get murdered. Mm-hmm. But the movie treats it like, no, it's still fun. Well, I mean, it's it, not. he saw people hanging in the square much earlier in the movie. But he doesn't know why. Yeah. He's like, what do they do? And her, his mom's like, what they could. Like, it, it's never it's never a Holocaust movie until, until as an audience, we know that she has killed because probably because she's helping Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Until then, it's a kid's delusions about what being in this fun club is. Sure. I just don't think the rest of it works in the same way that it does before she's dead. Yeah. And that's kind of the reason it, it kind of doesn't jump over the threshold of greatness for me. Well, don't you think it kind of approaches it from a viewpoint of being delusional and then being like awoken from a delusion to a degree? Mm, I don't know that he does, Is if that's what you're asking, or are you asking if the movie does? A little bit of both. I, I think the argument can be made more so for the movie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so if we think about it chronologically, it's like she dies Therefore, we are now aware of Holocaust stuff. Let's just say that for simplicity's sake. A lot of stuff happens afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, he goes home, she is there, uh, and then they have to like – maybe you can help me piece this together. They eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, then pretty soon after that, the city is attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't go great for them, obviously. Yeah. Sam Rockwell stuff. Ha- we should talk about Sam Rockwell. Yes. Let's give him some more time. And yeah. Alfie Allen. Uh, you like Sam Rockwell. Let's finish this train of thought first. Well, I don't know if it's possible without sort of talking about his character. All right. So with, with Jojo, lots of things happen after that. I would pose the argument that, um, yeah, the, the shift in tone is, is dramatic and necessary because this is the first time that there's any real life consequences for him. Like it has to change, sure. sure. you know, cause you think of it from his perspective, his whole world is now gone because his dad's been disappeared mm-hmm. for two years and he doesn't know why. And he thinks he's off being the world's best Nazi. Yep. And he finds out that his dad was actually helping Jews mm-hmm. and then his mom's dead. And he's kind of an, he's like suddenly an orphan and his only family is the Jew in the attic. Right. So his perspective has to dramatically shift because his whole world is shifted. Right. And I just don't know that the film treats it like it does. Like he's, there's still a lot of jokes in there. And I think if you're going to commit to the tonal shift, then do it. Yeah. Like it, 
but it's just such a sensitive subject. Yeah. If you're going to address the Holocaust, you have to do it. Would this movie have been better or worse if after that point where his mom dies, it becomes just completely somber? I don't know. Like it, it certainly would have been a different movie, obviously. Yeah. Um, it would have been less palatable probably. Like what's interesting about this movie, at least my experience with it is you go in and you're like movie world war two Holocaust. Like you're sort of guarded. Mm-hmm. And the first time there's sort of like a joke where you see Taika Waititi's Hitler, you're like, Oh, I don't know. It seems weird. But then like an hour in, you're like, ah, ha, ha, we're all having fun. And then it flips it on you. So in one sense, great movie making. But yeah, I think, I think to answer your question, like it might've been more, maybe not more effective, but better. I, better is a tough word for me. Um, but certainly more consistent if it had sort of shifted gears fully. So it would have been more consistent if it completely changed. Yeah. I mean, more consistent with the idea that it presents. Okay. I just, I think that after we realize his mother's being murdered and then you just have to face the thousands and millions of people, the millions of people that were murdered. Yeah. And it does it for a second, but then it's like, eh, we'll make jokes again instead. Well, you know, he, for the film's sake, Jojo never really has to confront that. He still doesn't. You know, he takes him a little bit in the movie to learn that his mom was killed for helping Jews. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, at no point was he personally confronted with the consequences of the Holocaust per se. That's true. So, I mean, if you're sticking with, you know, continuity and looking at it through his perspective, all he can go off of is the consequence that's in front of him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think on a script level, you're right. But, but like the Holocaust is such a loaded subject at this point. There's so much emotion into it. Even though I know intuitively that probably what you're saying, if like even what I've been saying, the movie is about his perspective. If you show me somebody on screen that's being hung for sympathizing with Jewish people, like I'm, I'm gonna react to that as a just a person mm-hmm. that knows about the Holocaust. Yeah. So, not again, like it's. I don't think it should be off limits, but I think that you should know what you're going to be joking about and know the gravity of what that is. Yeah. I think that's our job as an audience to react to a scene like that. It might not necessarily be Jojo's job as a character to react on the same level of gravitas that totally. we would knowing what we know. Right. And I, I, I'm not criticizing his character reaction. I'm, I'm criticizing the movie's ex- expectation for my reaction. I think. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a tricky one. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a weird premise for a movie. I think it's really interesting that we can have a conversation like this about a movie at a mainstream theater. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and I'm grateful for the fact that it's making us ask questions. Yeah. That's cool. Totally. I know there are people out there that are like, this is just like a Nazi sympathizer movie. And, and like, what kind of what I was saying earlier, like you're just chalking up this crazy, one of the greatest evils the world has ever known to being like a bunch of bumbling idiots. Which is true. Yeah. They're making it look as absurd as it is. Sure. But then it also sort of um, de-weaponizes them in a sense. Like, you don't have to worry about them. They're just a bunch of idiots. It's like, they murdered a fair amount of people. Right. Um, But that's the part I'm okay with. I'm like, it's a satire. Like, let it be that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't think at any, for me, at any point, at no point was I ever like, oh, we don't, you know, I didn't think that they were trying to say we don't need to worry about the Nazis. I think it was more you know, poking holes in, in an ideal ideology that is full of them. I think you and I would most, a lot of people would be like, yeah, of course that's ridiculous. No, not there. We can separate it. Like these are obviously dangerous people, but in the movie they can be idiots. Right. But it seems like we're in a time where like it needs to be pretty black and white. Like, no Nazis bad. You're not goofy. You're, you're, you carry torches in 2018. Therefore, like I, from the perspective of people that are like, no, mm-hmm. this is not okay. I yeah. can see it. Like, 
there's too much shit's gone down. Too many people don't feel that way. So as a society, we should just be like, nah, off limits. Don't, there's too many people that'll just like take it up and go with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but I don't, I don't feel that way, but I could see that argument. Theoretically. I think if, if the movie was done poorly, perhaps, but I, I, I don't know. You know, you could pick any movie with Nazis in it. And if you look at it through the right fucked up lens, you mm-hmm. could say that they're the good guys. You know what I mean? Because they're on screen and they wear cool uniforms. Let's face it. Their color scheme's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, 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 uh, the argument for Sam Rockwell's death. Yeah. Like he's been a Nazi this whole time, at least in job title, though he's never, it's, I mean, he doesn't really, he doesn't seem too enthused. No, he's just an alcoholic yeah. who is gay. And wants to dress up and he's like Jojo, but grown up mm-hmm. and gay. Um, but he gets sort of this hero's death. And and this is actually the only part. I want to talk about Rebel Wilson a little bit because we talked earlier about stuff we couldn't talk about without spoiling. Mm-hmm. She's a problematic one only because when she dies, she does die, right? She runs out with a machine gun. Yeah. Like, I assume she's died. It's just the music. If, if it's in this whole sequence of events where Jojo gets pushed away by Sam Rockwell Though it's been made clear he is not uh, a Nazi sympathizer, he's like saving Elsa. Mm-hmm. He's like the birthday is wrong, but I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. So he dies. Music starts, very emotional stuff. Jojo's escaping, seeing the horrors of war. But like other characters that have been funny up until this point, sort of get a hero's death. Also, like Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't think her character was very good. I could have done without that. Yeah. No, well, I mean you could look at that as a hero's death or like they think they're being martyrs for this cause yeah. and like they, they think they still have a chance to win, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they're obviously all screwed. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. We know that. I mean, that's the thing in any war, both sides think they're right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like if, if the movie didn't treat, like they've been treating Nazis as bumbling idiots the whole time. Yeah. But then the moment that I'm just keep latching onto rebel Wilson cause that's the character I keep thinking of that definitely most likely dies. It's not like she's treated like an idiot. Then it's like, she's treated like a war hero. And that part just doesn't quite sit right. Sure. You know? But I think that's the only character that I can think of where that is sort of the case. No, she didn't really do anything that a war hero would do. She just stepped in front of... She picked up a giant gun and, and said, like, then, ah, I'm going to defend yeah. the motherland And then immediately died. But it's, it's the not, music going on. It's like, it's like the way we're meant to feel because of the soundtrack. And the, like it's shot in slow motion, like steps out and like gives her life for the country. I don't know. You didn't see her die. I don't recall there being a slow motion scene. She grabs the gun in slow motion and goes out. I, I could be wrong, but I'm, there's something about her in slow motion, like going out there. It almost would have been. I think the slow motion was like the tank round coming in. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. Like if you had seen her die in like a Django sort of sense where she explodes, like mm-hmm. I might be able to defend it a little bit more. Well, there was really no graphic violence in this movie at all. So that's, that's one thing true, that yeah. was surprising. Yeah. I mean, it was PG-13, wasn't it? No. Was it not? I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Uh, any final thoughts from you? Um, this has been a great chat. Yes. I loved it, and I can't wait to watch it again. Are you going to watch it again? Are you oh, gonna yeah. go, you're not going to see it in theaters. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Uh, well, if you happen to see it in theaters, or otherwise, maybe you're listening to this in the future, uh, let us know. We want to know what you think. It's a titillating movie, both... Uh, thematically and on the basis of what it postulates in the theory and just funny. It's a funny movie. If you like it, cause it's funny. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Let us know. You can reach out to us by any of the stuff we said at the beginning of the show. Final thoughts, Johnny hmm. about this entire show, not just the movie. Oh, wow. Well, first starters, I'd like to say 
This movie was great, and I think one of my favorite parts of it. I'm just gonna say one more sneak in I there love it. Yeah, was the um, kind of just the fact. I mean, we've kind of talked about this. Just I don't think probably off the record, but how like um, most people that are prejudiced in any way um, would feel differently if they were like in the same room as someone and had to like actually talk mm. with them. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie encapsulates that kind of nicely. The way uh, Elsa and JoJo's uh, interactions change and morph. Oh, and, like, I see. He actually gets to know her. And I love uh, Yorkie's little comments. Like, I met a Jew. They didn't seem that much different yeah. than us. I don't yeah. really see what the big deal is about. It does <laughs> sort of give hope to to us for like a younger generation. Be like, yeah, they're not going to buy into this. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're feeding them garbage. Like, they have horns and they fly and they yeah. hang from the ceiling. Like, bats. Like, no, they don't. Yeah, and I think this movie, through all its satire and, you know, there's a lot of verbiage in it that would make people uncomfortable. Sure. But I think it uh, assumes the intelligence of its audience to see the satire for what it is and not Fair. take it too hard. So yeah. Taika Waititi said in an interview, like some, an, an American interviewer, he's not American. He's New Zealander. If mm-hmm. you don't know, uh, American interviewer was like, this movie's got a lot of controversy. Does that bother you? What's your reaction to the fact that some people don't like this? And he said something like Americans are very sensitive about a lot of stuff in, in, in New Zealand. If you, if you make a movie that is controversial, that's a successful movie. Nice. Which is kind of a cool, you know, I don't know. I, I like the idea that people might disagree and then we can have a civil discussion about it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very cool thing. He's totally. a cool guy. I like what he's doing. Yeah. Me point. too. I think this was an, I think this is going to be looked on maybe at some point, hopefully as kind of an important movie. Mm, no, I don't know about important. Well, I mean, it was the first satire short of like maybe a couple Monty Python skits about World War II. I mean, Inglorious Bastards is not a satire, but. There's comedic elements to that. Yeah, that was more of a retelling, uh, a fictional retelling. Yeah. yeah. So I I think in Inglorious Bastards, Hitler getting killed the way he does is pure comedy. Sure. But certainly, that was not PG-13 for sure, but this wasn't either. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, we're getting there as a society. As as Michael Scott once said, I want to, what does he say? I want to live, I want to be alive for the time that the Holocaust is uh, free. I can't remember the wording, but like, okay to joke about. Yeah. I think we're there. I think we're getting there, more or less. Good work, Taika. Taika, my man. Uh, okay, so we're out of here. As usual, this episode wouldn't be possible without the support of Bailey Minardi, mm-hmm. as well as many others. That's right. I have to say that contractually. Yep. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to talk about more stuff, more beer, more movies, more us. In the meantime, that's Johnny Summers. And that is Max Minardi. We'll catch you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.